0: Um, so anyways, well, hey, I want to give a big shout-out, first of all, to my content team. So that we have a team of people that kind of help me when we're just creating series and messages and talks. It's kind of a newer team. In the last couple series, stuff we've shared uh, has been stuff they've had a lot of input in. Doshi, Kate Dirkholtz that you saw up here, Lucas Hampton, my wife, uh, Lynn Androvic, and myself. We just, you know, get together and pray and share ideas. And so I just, I want to give a big shout-out to them because this whole series has just really been a blessing to walk through with them, and they give me feedback. I'll kind of send them what I'm thinking about, and they give me wonderful uh, feedback, and my friend Tom Thatcher's been helping with this series too, so shout out to them. Yeah, yeah, it's here for them. And we just like to do that because, like, the Bible says to give honor to whom honor is due, and we just want to be a church that honors people. A lot of people have a lot of efforts and, and input and gifts, and everyone brings a lot of stuff to the table, and we're very thankful for a church where so many people are involved, that volunteer, that serve, that lead, that love. So today we're going to talk about. We are in week 12 in our uh, journey through the book of Mark, and we're calling it Things Can Change. That basically, if you could sum up the gospel in three words, it's that things can change. It's that with Jesus, things did change. He said, It's finished. When Jesus paid the price for sin, he said it's finished, and that was saying things can change. You don't have to be stuck in the rut anymore. You don't have to be fatherless anymore. You don't have to be lost anymore. You don't have to be shackled anymore. The king is here. I paid it all. Things can change. And as we go through this, we, we read Mark's gospel. Mark's gospel is a narrative, and it's a story told, uh, told to Mark, most likely, by Peter, Peter, as we know, is one of Jesus' best friends, was the lead apostle. Jesus gave uh, Peter the keys of the kingdom of heaven and said, Upon you, Kepa, Rock, I will build my church. And source, early source oral tradition tells us that basically Mark is a compilation of a lot of Peter's sermons. And so Peter would tell this narrative of Mark, which, if you just read the book of Mark, would take you about two and a half, three hours to read it aloud. And to preach the Book of Mark, it probably took a lot longer than that, like as Peter told it, but that 's what we experience and one of the things is, is Mark takes us through this beautiful journey of Jesus breaking on the scene and then the build up to holy Week and there 's kind of this hero 's journey there's this uh, there 's this guy Joseph Campbell. anyone ever heard of Joseph Campbell? Joseph Campbell is this kind of um, Master of Modern literature, and he talks about the hero 's journey and the hero 's journey that he says that and he was able to distill ancient literature, uh, medieval uh, literature, even modern literature that tells the story. Of a hero and tells it really well follows this kind of hero's journey. There's the introduction of the hero, or like Frodo, or Bruce Wayne, or Luke Skywalker, Anakin Skywalker, Tony Stark, whatever. There's the call to adventure. There's this thing thrust upon them that they're called to an adventure. And then there's like a supernatural aid, there's like a threshold. They got to step over, there's guardians, they meet mentors, people along the way, kind of the Obi-Wan to the Anakin or to the Luke. And then there's this, after that, there's this trial and temptation. And as we're reading through Mark's gospel, we see Jesus, even on his own hero's journey, Jesus introduced to us as the hero, that he says, behold, the time has come, the kingdom of God is at hand, repent, believe the good news. And so Jesus comes and says that the hero is here. And Jesus has been doing all this behind-the-scenes work, has been growing in righteousness, growing in faith, growing in strength, and growing in favor with God and people. And we see Jesus break on the scene. What we're seeing in Mark now, we're seeing Jesus getting to the point of challenges and temptations, where there's a lot of stuff coming at Jesus and his disciples. And we also see in Mark a parallel journey of the disciples, We see the disciples running this concurrent thing of where they're up against it, too. They're in the vice. And there's this struggle that they're going through to learn how to become like Jesus. Jesus' struggle is as he, his, um, Jesus stepped out of heaven, became a man. And his struggle really culminates in Mark chapter 9. And we're going to read about that in a second. So I'm just going to ask you, God, to meet with us today on this hero's journey that if us, then what can you do? If it's us, if we're people you're calling us to for things to change, what can you do through us? Lord, will you show us today? Will you speak to us? Will you speak through me? And let my words fall the ground and yours just resonate in people's hearts. In Jesus' mighty and powerful name, amen. Well, if you want, turn with me to Mark chapter 9, verses 14 through 29. And this is coming off the heels of kind of the most grand moment in the New Testament. Besides, uh, like the resurrection itself, which is called the transfiguration. So Jesus, we've got accounts of the transfiguration in Matthew, and then also here in Mark, and I think in Luke, where Jesus takes his three best buddies of the twelve, goes up on the mountain, and he is transfigured before him, um, before them, where they see Jesus in more of his kind of esoteric, uh, celestial form. Where Jesus is transformed, he, like, he looks like the God-man. They've been rolling with this guy all along who's kind of like Clark Kent before he goes in the phone booth. Now Jesus goes up in the phone booth on the mountain he's got the suit on, the big pecs, the glow, and like the heat vision. Literally, that's, they're seeing Jesus transfigured into what he's going to look like when he kind of returns to the throne of heaven. And it's awe-inspiring, awe-inspiring. And now they're at this place where Jesus is constantly deploying his disciples out to train, to do the stuff that he's taught them to do. He's kind of walked through this, I do, you watch. I do, you help. You do, I watch. I mean, uh, you do, I help. You do, I watch. Well, we're doing this thing uh, right now in Mark chapter 9 where Jesus has sent them on their hero's journey into battle and here's what they come up against. When the disciples came back, they saw a large crowd around them and some scribes arguing with them. The scribes were these Jewish lawyers or teachers or rulers that were always following them around because they didn't like the power and the following that Jesus was gaining in his disciples. And now Jesus is even with them and they're hounding his disciples. Arguing with them. Immediately, which we see a lot in Mark, when the entire crowd saw him, they were amazed and ran up to Jesus, so they're fighting with the disciples, and everyone's standing around observing this, and now everyone runs away because Jesus comes, all right, and then when they were there, ran up, they asked him, he asked them, what are you guys discussing, what's going on here, and one of the crowd answered him, teacher, I brought, I brought them my son, possessed with a spirit which, hit, which makes him mute. Next slide. And whenever it seizes him, it slams him to the ground, and he foams at the mouth, grinds his teeth, and stiffens out. I told your disciples to cast it out, but they couldn't do it. And he answered them and said, this is really interesting. He says, oh, unbelieving generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I put up with you? Can you imagine, of all the people in the crowd, who do you think felt that the most? I think his closest friends. That he sent them to do something and they epically failed. All the arguing, all the commotion, all the ruckus was because they failed. These guys who've been doing things, who've been experienced growth, just saw God like in front of them. Like that old Joan Osborne, like if what, what if God, God was one of us? They just found out he was, and they saw him transformed, and he wasn't just a slob like one of us, but he was like different. He was dazzling. He was white. He was eyes aflame. And now they got to look that same guy in the eye and be like, all this is because we failed. How long shall I put up with you? How long shall I put up with you? It's like the disciples just failed. They just fell on their face. It's kind of like this. We're going to watch this little scene from Star Wars, if you'll bear with me. I love Star Wars. You might think you're immature. Yes, I am. But it makes a point. So if we'll show that clip, and we'll come back to the scripture. Is it going to work? You are
1: it is useless to resist. Don't let yourself be destroyed as Obi-Wan did. Your importance You have only begun to discover your power Join me And I will complete your training With our combined strength We can end this destructive conflict And bring order to the galaxy I'll never join you If you only knew the power Of the dark side Obi-Wan never told you What happened to your father He told me enough He told me Yu-Gi-Oh! No. I... It is your destiny. Join me and together we can rule the galaxy as father and son.
0: All right, we can stop the clip there. So the thing that's, that's kind of amazing to me there is like, I think about like, like Luke goes in this battle and he was kind of warned not to. And he kind of went out there a little half-cocked and he got it handed to him. And I think that's maybe what the disciples, they come down from this, like the three came down from the mountain, they're like, we're ready for it, we just saw it, we're going for it, and now epic failure. You ever been come off a high in your life into a real disastrous low? You ever had some times where you thought, man, I'm ready, and then only to find out that you're not? And I think, like, you know, some people it's funny, but I think Star Wars, Star Wars is interesting. Star Wars, uh, the uh, creator of Star Wars, George Lucas, took the entire hero's journey and built an entire universe on it for his kind of... uh, Some of his work in college when he was in filmmaking, George Lucas took like the hero's journey by Joseph Campbell and created this big archetype of he wanted to play the hero's journey out to the full because he he looked at the Gilgamesh epic, he looked at the Bible, he looked at a lot like the stories of Thor and Odin and all these other characters, and he thought, like, I want to make something like that that captures a soul that's never been done. And 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 he took this story and really like we know the heroes. In the journey of Star Wars focuses on one family. It's Anakin Skywalker and Luke Skywalker. They're the primary people in the Star Wars universe that the whole story is built around. But Luke here has come. He's had this rise, this introduction, and now this fall, literally. And at the end, we see Luke, at the end of that clip, he's hanging on a pole on one leg, basically crying for his big sister to come get him. I bet he felt pretty tough at that point in time. I bet the disciples felt pretty tough at this point in time. And then he said, Bring him to me. Jesus didn't say, bring him back to my disciples. He said, Bring him to me. And they saw him that, and then when the spirit saw him, immediately it threw him into convulsion, falling on the ground. He began rolling around and foaming at the mouth. And he asked the father, How long has this been happening to him? And he said, From childhood. It has often thrown him both in the fire and water to destroy him. But if you can do anything, take pity and help us. I love Jesus' response here. And I wish that um, Greek language, Aramaic, whatever it is, I wish it captured like, like the picture of emotion. I wish like sometimes like the Bible was written like a comic book. It'd be great if they showed Jesus' face as they asked him this. If you can? If you can, if you can, where in your life are you saying, if you can, Father, what's going on in your life where you're struggling? Maybe it's like what Kate was talking about. Maybe it's the loss of a loved one. Maybe it's the loss of a relationship. Maybe your upbringing sucked. And you realize I'm not like everybody else. I can't get out of my own way. I never have a sunny day. I never have my day at the beach. I'm just not like everybody else. Maybe you're a young person. You're like, man, I just don't fit in. I'm not cool. I don't get the girl. I don't get the guy. I don't got the car. I don't got the moves. Like, when's it ever going to change? And then you look at God with a hesitancy, and you're like, I want to believe, but if you can. And you're at that place in your journey, and your story, where you feel like Luke. Like, no where you just don't know. You don't know how it's gonna turn out. You don't know if you can make it. Maybe you've learned a truth, like, I am your father. You know, maybe you've learned that. Seriously, maybe you've learned something, you're like, I don't know how I bounce back from this. Maybe you're learning something about yourself. Maybe you're having this kairos that's ongoing, like, I don't know if I can do this. I don't know if I really believe I don't know if all the stuff that's going down in the culture in the world, how can the Bible be true when CNN, Fox, MSNBC endlessly says this, Facebook says this, Instagram says this, Twitter says this, ESPN, Disney makes movies about this. How can this be true if they're saying that? Maybe you're there. Maybe you don't know. And Jesus says, All things are possible to him or to them who believes. Immediately, the boy's father cried out and said, I do believe. Help my unbelief. Help my unbelief. A lot of times, the the difference between things changing and hanging on the pole and crying, with your hand cut off, embarrassed, humiliated, great loss, stuck again, is maybe the kairos that we need is, Lord, help my unbelief. Because without faith, that's impossible to please God. So maybe there's an area where you look back and you're like, well, I'm not what I used to be. Anyone have that realization as you get older? You're looking in the mirror, you're like, I'm not what I used to be. Or you play some sports, or you just you know, whatever, or maybe you don't feel quite as clear, or maybe you don't feel quite as righteous, you don't feel quite as pure, maybe your marriage isn't as good, maybe you just feel like you're never going to amount to it. Maybe the kairos is the things can change. Here, we're going to um, switch to this. Is um, where is it? My computer's lock up. Figures. Is this. Can we switch to that screen, guys? Like, we've talked about Kairos, and Kairos is like, like, it's that word GSU uses, the time inside of time, right? Like, the line here, this line here is Kronos, right? The line is Kronos, that's chronology of time. Kairos is the time, and time inside of time, like the moment, like when the rocket ship's descending back into orbit, that it has this specific point in time to do all it needs to do for it to land, Kairos is kind of these points in time in our life where the, where the rocket's descending or ascending, depending on where it is, and like it's that lightning in a bottle where God is speaking to us about the time is now, the change needs to happen, have you considered this? And I think for a lot of us, maybe a kairos is if you can. Do you have doubt? And I don't want to make you feel like a turd if you have doubt. Because we all stumble in many ways, right? But it's really imperative to confess our doubt and quit lying. Like, listen, I do not want to be part of a church. I don't want to lead a church where your life is falling apart and you walk in here like that's all great, you know? Like I don't, I don't want that, like, you know, I smoke potboton in hell. Like, I don't want, you know, to live a lie. I don't want people who will look me in the eye when it's falling apart and be like, tell me one thing and another's going on. Like, Listen, at the heart of change, at the heart of things being able to change is honesty. You can't heal or change what you don't acknowledge. In the disciples, this dad, they needed a belief change. They needed a kairos. And kairos, where, where it says in Mark, is to repent and believe. To repent just means to hear. It's like, what is God saying? This guy, Jesus says, if you can. And the guy's like, help my unbelief. And the word to believe is to do, to think differently. And so as we work around this circle, maybe it's not getting back on the line, but maybe it's starting this new trajectory in our lives. Maybe your life, maybe my life, we need a healing in our, un, in our unbelief in a new trajectory. The disciples that day, Luke Skywalker that day, this father with the frothing at the mouth, uh, demonically possessed kid, that day needed things to change. We can go back to the slides. Where, where do you need God to intervene and change your trajectory of belief today? Maybe it's for a physical healing. Maybe it's a relational healing. Maybe it's a deep, deep soul wound. Maybe you've given up your body to so many people and so many things you can never imagine being whole. Maybe you've hurt yourself a million different ways. Or other people have hurt you a million different ways. Like, what do you need, God? Where do you need the belief and the courage to get back on in your journey? Where have you fallen far? My friend Tom Thatcher spoke, um, said this. He said, how long must I be with you? How long must, uh, must I put up with you? And he says, is there anywhere that the Lord, the comment from Jesus about, he says, well, here, Actually, let's let's finish reading because I don't get that quote. I'm skipping ahead. He says, I do believe. Help my unbelief. And Jesus saw the crowd was rapidly gathering. He rebuked the unclean spirit, saying to you, you deaf and mute spirit, I command you, come out of him and do not enter him again. Next. And after crying out and throwing him into terrible convulsions it came out, the boy became much like a corpse that most of them said he's dead. But Jesus took him by the hand, raised him up, and he got up and he came to the house. Disciples began to question him privately. They said, why could we not drive it out? He said to them, this kind cannot come out by anything but prayer. And actually Matthew, um, uh, Matthew I believe, um, where is it in Matthew? Is it 15? It says that, the, uh, sorry, 1721 says, this kind cannot come out anything but by fasting and prayer. And Tom said this. He said, the comments from Jesus about the need for prayer means you don't always get quick solutions. We're not always just going to slay Vader and it's going to be over. Sometimes this crap takes serious time and commitment to work out. It's important in balancing the Kairos concept because it's easy to reduce the circle to single individual moments where you make changes or amazing things happen. But applied to a story like this, it shows that change and healing can take a long time. A long series of connected moments where we keep pushing until we get a breakthrough. That's probably the normal way we experience victory over our demons. If we ever do, not a single dramatic conversion, but by facing up to them over and over again, either either till they wear you out or you wear them out. This emphasizes endurance and persistence, That is needed in obedience. See, a lot of times for us to have that kind of breakthrough to heal my unbelief or help my unbelief is not just saying it then, but next time you're faced with with that unbelief, you confess again, Father, I'm doubting. Father, I'm struggling. Father, I want to do it again. Father, I wanna, I just wanna run away. Father, I wanna leave it all. Father, I I don't know if you can help me. A lot of times it's that recognition again, Lord, I'm still struggling with unbelief. Calling a friend, I'm still struggling with unbelief. I'm still struggling with addiction. I'm still struggling with depression. I'm still struggling with rage. I'm still struggling with whatever it is. And it's like that, but how we change, Jesus says to them, I love, he says, this kind only comes out by fasting and prayer. And it's not just a one week fast and it's all solved. It's not just usually a one time prayer and it's all solved. It's that over and over, and I think Jesus is saying, like, listen, you got to go after this. You got to go after this. This is a battle. You're you're maybe in a low part of the journey, but there's a chance to come back from this. But you're going to have to stick in there. You're going to have to change, and maybe what needs changed is your unbelief or your doubt that I can, or maybe your doubt that I love you. Maybe your doubt that I'm enough. Maybe your doubt that my word. Is truth? Maybe your doubt that you mean as much to me as everyone else does. Maybe your doubt that your your situation with maybe less money or less uh, provision or uh, feel-goodness is that I'm still there in that because you look at everyone else having their day in the sun and you're like, well, it looks like you're with them, but I'm over here struggling. Maybe that's what needs changed. I think of years ago, years ago in my life, my life had just hit rock bottom. I'd been making a series of bad decisions, and I was really struggling with some things, and it just all culminated, and and like I remember confessing to my friend, uh, to my good friend David Smith, just how far my life had fallen. My marriage was a wreck. Everything was on the ropes. My job was on the ropes, and I remember uh, David saying, Ryan you're in that part of the hero's journey where it feels like there's no going back and there's no going forward. He's like, God's done this stuff, he's brought you up to this point, but now you feel like you've messed up so far. And he's like, I kind of liken you to the end of Empire Strikes Back where Luke is whooped by his dad, finds out the truth of who he is, and he's hanging there on a pole crying for his sister. He says, but there's more. There's another part of this journey if you'll hold on. There's another part of this journey if you'll cry out for help. There's another part of this journey if you take the truth of who you are and compare it to the truth of like who Jesus says you are, like maybe where you are and who Jesus says you are, and you hang on and you learn to fight another day. He says, so you're you're on the hero's journey. He said, you're maybe not the place that you wanted to be, but you where you thought you should be. He said, but maybe you're exactly the place you need to be. So maybe you're hanging on. Maybe you're whipped. Maybe you're learning truths about yourself or your background, or maybe people you love that you feel so betrayed by. You're learning stuff that it just doesn't feel like you could ever make it back. Maybe your kids. Maybe whatever. That you just don't know how you'll make it back. But maybe it's not the place you wanted to be, you thought you should be, but maybe it's exactly the place you need to be. And then Jesus would say, how would this come out? Come out. Well, first of all, we got to get over like, our unbelief that God will show up if we hang on. We've got to develop a different sense, find another gear, because there's another gear to be found in Jesus. Do you know that? We can hold on as long as we want on our own, We can rush into battles on our own, but the thing is it's always going to whip us until we learn to find that other gear. And great, you know what? It's not the worst thing getting your hand cut off in battle, because I'd rather get my hand cut off in battle than just sit on my hands forever and never experience the battle. But maybe it's learning how to fight another way, or maybe it's learning how to fight back better. Maybe it's learning how to train harder. Maybe it's learning how to pray more. Maybe it's learning how to trust more. Maybe it's learning how to forgive more. I get a sense that there's some people here today that your battle is your unforgiveness. It's your unforgiveness. That's where you need to believe. You need to believe what Jesus says about unforgiveness. That if you don't forgive, you can't receive or you didn't receive his forgiveness. He says that. Do you know that? He says it. He says if you don't receive it, he says if you don't give it, you didn't receive it. Or if you don't give it, you won't receive it when that day comes. Because he says, if you really experienced what I did for you, you offended me way more than they've offended you. You've done way more wrong to my cause than they ever did to yours. And if you don't believe that, if you won't receive that, if you won't walk in it, my kingdom's not for you. Friends, people who will not forgive that's not the Christian move. It's not the Christian move. It's not the Christian life. Being demanding of always having your way, is that's an unbelief problem, that we think our way is the way. That we can't do anything. We can't suffer. People who always demand their own way have a problem with suffering, have a problem with suffering well. Because part of the suffering is just giving up our rights to ourselves, Right? And that's what the kingdom is, is that, Jesus, I trust your ways better than mine. And until we can do that, we'll never be able to beat the Vaders in our life. We'll never be able to go and do the things that Jesus did if we won't do the things that Jesus did. Jesus forgives A lot of times we can't be healed or we can't heal because we won't let God heal those broken parts of our lives that we want to hold on to, those little crutches. But here's the thing that's really great, and one of my favorite quotes, you've heard me say this before, and I'll say it 10 million more times, by my buddy Watchman Nee. Not my buddy, I just like to read his books. (laughs) He says this about Jesus. He is willing, he is able, he is if you can, Jesus is like, dog, (laughs) I am willing. Do you believe me? I want to. But it's got to be on my terms, because your terms will never work out. You just got to trust me. You got to let go. You got to let me. You got to watch what I do. And so these guys fell on their face, and Jesus is like, because of prayer and fasting. You remember that stuff you keep falling asleep on the job with? Yeah, it's really important. Oh, it's not that important to pray. Grandmas pray. Yeah, grandmas have learned to pray because life probably whipped their butt and they trust now. And you'll get there too when you're old. Maybe you know It's like, when you're older, it's like, I'm learning to pray more. I used to just think I could do it my own strength. And it's like, dude, I can't do anything apart from him. Even my strength is lame. And so I just want to encourage you today. Where, where is God calling you to shift out of your unbelief? Where is your line going like this? And Jesus is like, dude, I got a way better thing than the path you're on. I, w- I got a way better chronology from this moment if you'll let me heal your unbelief, if you'll let me help your unbelief. If you'll just learn to be tenacious, if you'll learn not to quit so easy, if you'll learn to trust. See, because trust... All these things like trust, perseverance, patience, all these things are really only proven when you have no reason to have them, right? You can't say you persevere when you're not in the middle of it. You can't say you have joy when you have no reason to be happy. You can't say that um, you, you, um, you believe when there's not a bunch of things assailing your belief. That's when you know if you got it is when you need it. That's when I know if I've got it. And, and in my life, I'm so thankful for this word of my friend on my hero's journey. That, yeah, I had a dark, hard couple years, and the and the way back was really hard. But, man, you keep hanging in there. You confess your stuff to friends. You start opening your heart to the Lord. And I started opening my life and my stuff to my wife and started opening it to some friends. And people came alongside me, man, and they Walked me back because the hero's journey is not a journey alone. Like, even Jesus didn't want to walk to Golgotha alone. And you're not alone. You are not alone. I'm not alone. But no matter what, you might be ascending or you might be descending, you might be just hanging on by a fingernail. Jesus is with you, and this stuff's hard. But if we hang on, if we hold on, if we let God come against our unbelief, our doubt, our habits, our practices, maybe our our religiosity, our unforgiveness, there's no chain, there's no limit to what he can do. And I love when Jesus says, You deaf and dumb spirit, I command you, come out of him and don't enter him again. Sometimes we just need to stand our ground and command some of the things in our lives and take authority over them because you've been given everything you need in Christ. We're not lacking something. I love how like Luke, he's got the force. He's just learning how to grow into it. You've got that force. You've got the Holy Spirit inside of you when you put on Christ. Now you might not know Christ. You might say, dude, you're talking to me. Well, come up today. We want to pray for you because the only way to get off that pole and, and to out of the abyss and to overcome and to walk the life that you were meant for is by Jesus. So I'm going to pray because that clock is, or that ringers tell telling me I'm done. Thank you for that. <laughs> is there anyone today who would just say, man, I want to I give my life to Jesus, or I want to like, just kind of reconsider, I want to re-up? Is there anyone who would just say, man, I'm, I'm not there, or I thought I was and I'm just walking off the path? Is there anyone who would say today, like, Man, just pray for me. Thank you, yeah. Is there anyone else who'd say, yeah, you're brave? Is there anyone else who'd say, yeah, I wanna be brave, Lord, I I just can't do it alone. Help, Help my unbelief. Anyone need help with some of their belief? Yeah, thanks. Anyone else, yeah, anyone need help? You got doubts? Yeah, you don't think maybe God can do it? Yeah, I'm just gonna pray, Jesus, I pray that, if, if someone's hand's up, if you just keep your hand up and just reach out and put your hand on them and bless them. Lord, would you just help us today? Will you meet us in this space of our pain, of our need? Or maybe we're, we're up on the mountain with you. We're up on the mountain. Lord, help us not to um, miss those moments, those Kairos moments where things can change, Lord. Help us not to um, come down from that place and think it's us. Help us to keep our eyes on you. Lord, would you help us... Help us overcome unbelief. Would you help us overcome doubt, unforgiveness? Would you help us under, overcome rage? Would you help us overcome, Lord, all the things that hold us up, all the clogs in our drain, would you help us, Jesus? We want things to change, and we know only you can. Would you do what only you can do in our world and in our lives? Help us to know things can change for us if we'll just believe and go for it. We love you, Jesus. It's in your mighty and powerful name we pray, amen. Well, hey, I want to encourage you, read Mark 10 and 11 for next week as we continue on this book. Read two chapters because if you don't, we won't make it. So we're going to make it. We want you to stay with us. So that's wrong. That's my fault. I should say Mark 10 and 11. And if you want prayer, our prayer teams are going to come down, and we'd love to pray with you. Um, we love you. Bless you. Go and sin less this week.